You're listening to West Virginia Week, a regular podcast from West Virginia Public Broadcasting that looks back at the major stories of the week. I'm your host this week, Liz McCormick. We have a short show for you in light of the Thanksgiving holiday. This week, we learned about mental health needs in southern West Virginia, and we heard about efforts to keep state agency emails as lawsuit evidence. We also have reports on the HOPE Scholarship, renewable energy, conservation, and a planned closure of a pharmacy. Let's jump right in with a few short news stories. Renewables are forecast to provide a quarter of the nation's electricity next year. As Curtis Tate reports, both coal and natural gas are set to decline. Driven by growth in wind and solar, renewables will generate 24 percent of U.S. electricity in 2024, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Though natural gas remains the dominant fuel for electricity, it is forecast to drop to 41 percent from 42 percent. Coal is expected to decline as well, to 15% from 16%. As recently as 2021, coal generated 23% of the country's electric power. Renewables surpassed coal for the first time in 2022. The Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis predicts 2024 will be the first in a string of record-breaking years for renewable power. Renewables also include hydro, geothermal, and biomass, which uses organic matter as fuel. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. State officials continue to clarify the HOPE Scholarship for families and school authorities. Chris Schultz has more. Attorney General Patrick Morrissey says county boards of education or public schools cannot lawfully prohibit a student from participating in a public school program because of the student's simultaneous engagement in non-public education. The HOPE Scholarship requires applicants to be enrolled full-time and attending a public school program in the state for at least 45 calendar days. In an opinion released last week, Morrissey affirms the practice of enrolling a student in both a public and non-public program only to disenroll the student from the public education program once HOPE Scholarship funds have been secured. The opinion also says schools cannot bar public school students from engaging with non-public education. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. The new Appalachian Leaders Network has a West Virginia member joining in a regional pro-conservation effort. Randy Yowie has more. Local and state elected officials from West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio have come together to advocate for our natural resources, public health, and welfare. Delegate Evan Hansen, a Democrat from Monongalia County, is West Virginia's network representative. Hansen says the group will support certain state and federal level policies regarding energy transitions, job creation, and addressing climate change. Hansen says West Virginia has taken positive steps but must do more since science shows the time to act on reducing carbon emissions is now. We're already seeing what the models have predicted in West Virginia with with more frequent, really strong rainfall events and more frequent flooding. Hansen says finding balance in a pending federal methane emission rule will reduce greenhouse gas emissions while keeping the oil and gas industry healthy. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. And Governor Jim Justice is drawing attention to the planned closure of a pharmacy in the state. Chris Schultz reports. On Monday, the governor sent an open letter to the president of Walgreens urging the company to reconsider their decision to close their locations in Parsons in Tucker County. 
During his weekly media briefing Tuesday, Justice reiterated the impact the sudden closure will have on the community just as it is poised to connect to Corridor H. This community needs that Walgreens and needs that Walgreens really bad. So I'm going to do everything I possibly can to try to urge the folks at Walgreens to keep it there. Because I I do believe that it will be tremendously successful going forward. Walgreens announced earlier this year it plans to close 150 locations across the country by August 2024. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. You're listening to West Virginia Week. And now, some of our top feature stories from the past week. West Virginians are experiencing mental illness at rates higher than the national average, and it's even worse in southern West Virginia. Emily Rice has the story. According to multiple studies, Boone and Logan counties are home to the highest rates of depression in the nation. Data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show that in 2020, more than 18 percent of U.S. adults reported having ever been diagnosed with depression. In that same time period, 27.5 percent of West Virginians reported being diagnosed with depression, the highest in the nation. In the report, the CDC found that most of the states with the highest prevalence of depression were in the Appalachian and Mississippi Valley regions. Dr. Jessica Bradley is a psychiatrist at Marshall Health. She said the rates of depression revealed in the June 2023 CDC report were concerning to her as a mental health provider and a citizen. The data showed that an estimated 32 percent of adults in Logan County have been diagnosed with depression, which is the highest in the nation also concerning as a citizen because these are these are my family members these are my friends these are people that i care about and it's not just numbers these are humans with stories while the cdc report revealed logan county as the most depressed county in west virginia and the nation christina mullins commissioner for the west virginia department of health and human resources bureau for behavioral health said the cdc's data was compiled from 2014 to 2020 and cited the newly released west virginia match survey as the research her department relies on we've all gotten a little worse through the pandemic and and but I don't know that Logan County has gotten as worse as some as bad, you know, has worsened as much as other areas because my data is right now is not supporting what's shown in, in and, and that data is valid for for the time period that it was collected. Match is a biennial survey, meaning data is collected every two years. One out of 14 adult West Virginians are randomly chosen to participate using a large database of West Virginia residential addresses. The first survey period was from August 2021 to February 2022. Data indicators are not exactly the same, um, but I had Logan County as as 12th actually in the state for depression, anxiety, or PTSD, PTSD in the last 12 months uh, at 27% and the state average being 24.3. So they weren't They weren't the worst when I was really looking at the stats. According to the West Virginia Match Survey, 27% of Logan County residents said they had experienced depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress disorder in the past 12 months. The highest rate, according to the West Virginia Match Survey, was in Boone County, just over the county line from Logan County, with 32% of residents reporting experiencing depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress disorder in the past 12 months. 
states. Researchers for the CDC found that rates of depression in West Virginia might reflect the influence of social determinants of health or patterns of other chronic diseases. Social determinants are a really broad concept, and they start out as anything from food insecurity to parental involvement whenever you're a kid to job security and family stressors. On a community level, it looks like the economy and what's going on in the world around you, and that can be extended to just nationwide. So if you take all of that into consideration, everything is playing a part and where or how you're feeling about things. Boone and Logan counties were coal-producing powerhouses until the nation moved away from coal-powered electricity and the mines began to close. Now, one of the symptoms of depression is hopelessness, and it's so much easier to feel hopeless about things whenever the voices that you hear are telling you that there's no hope. In response to these challenges, Logan County residents are banding together for better health. The Coalfield Health Center in Chapmanville is part of a group that hopes to address southern West Virginia's health outcomes. Next to the clinic, WWHLC is developing a public green space for all Logan County residents. We have relationships across our state to try to meet the need in these rural populations because it's so difficult for people to get access to quality services or really just to get access to services, period, in the rural settings. They have to travel or maybe they don't have the finances to be able to travel to the big city. If you or someone you know is struggling with thoughts of harming themselves or others, they can text or call 988 at any time for help. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Ongoing court cases involving West Virginia corrections and foster care agencies have raised concerns on retaining state agency emails as lawsuit evidence. Lawmakers are now getting responses and making sure that needed emails are not lost. Randy Yowie has the story. A federal class action lawsuit filed in 2019 regarding the state's foster care system has plaintiffs seeking sanctions. The case regards allegations of deleting emails of former state officials with the Department of Health and Human Resources. In the most recent legislative interim meetings, Delegate Amy Summers, a Republican from Taylor County and chair of the House Health and Human Resources Committee, questioned the incoming secretary of the Department of Human Services, Cynthia Persley. Summers noted that Persley said department leaders were unaware of Office of Technology policies regarding email preservation. Secretary Persley said they did not know that the Office of Technology had a policy to dump out accounts once people left. So that makes me assume that Secretary Crouch, Secretary Coben and Deputy Secretary Sample's emails have all been purged. Persley said the department is working closely with the Office of Technology to establish protocols to ensure nothing like this happens again. Summers asked the chair of the House Technology and Infrastructure Committee, Daniel Linville, a Republican from Cabell County, to follow up. Now there's a second point of contention here. The state recently settled part of a class action lawsuit over conditions at the Southern Regional Jail. 
The $4 million settlement came after a federal magistrate said there was intentional destruction of email and documents demanded in evidence discovery. Two state corrections leaders were fired after the magistrate's ruling. Linville told his committee members he would forward a letter from the Office of Technology detailing the present process and pending improvements. He said the letter was requested and received to make sure that any time the state is experiencing litigation, we don't lose emails. The letter notes that on a daily basis, there are a half million emails received and 125,000 sent from the Office of Technology domain. Linville says the procedure to close a state employee's account requires the agency to submit a deprovision form. When a person uh, leaves state government for whatever reason, or even transfers to a different department of state government, um, that, that their email um, is, is closed after 30 days, and then there's an additional 20 days, so for a total of 50 or 55 total days, uh, wherein uh, you can recover uh, any emails that that, uh, that, that person uh, had while, while uh, being employed by state government. The letter says if litigation is anticipated by an agency, Leadership or counsel can request a legal hold on specific email accounts. The letter also states that the Office of Technology, at the governor's request, is developing an updated form and process for these requests. Linville says the process update may refer to cleaning up technical information, referring to the specifics communicated to the Office of Technology as to what is to be preserved. So sometimes it's, it's all emails an individual got. Sometimes it's emails that have a particular uh, subject or, or key phrase uh, in it, um, and 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 then over what period, right? Is it uh, is it all that that are presently there and any that which may come in the future, um, or is it uh, or is it just those which um, which which have you know are, are under some certain uh, date range? And and so there are certainly um, improvements to that process. Summer says email preservation policies need to be measured as to the employee's status. Yes, you can't store everything. I mean, you have to have a way that emails are deleted. And, uh, but if you have the top-level people in an agency, I think you might want to make sure there's a different policy for retention with those individuals. Linville says there should be a comprehensive plan all across the government and its different agencies regarding email preservation. And I look to uh, uh, perhaps address this in, in legislation next year, along with the committee, um, and 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 begin j just to even change what our default is. So, so um, you know that that 30-day policy uh, may be fine for you know a heavy equipment operator, as a, for instance with um, with with the Division of Highways, uh, but perhaps not for a director uh, level or secretary of, uh, of 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 an agency. The Office of Technology letter notes an internal default. It says once provided to an agency, production data as in emails is not retained. The letter says it is the responsibility of the agency to manage and maintain the information in line with its legal strategy. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. That's it for West Virginia Week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week. As always, you can see these stories and more at wvpublic.org. I'm Liz McCormick.